0: uh the Lord is so good uh, uh, <laughs> uh the landlord called me uh this this week uh, early this week and and told me that uh we need to be out and just matter of factly and i I started to fret uh, <laughs> Lord, there's a lot of stuff there. We gotta move that. (laughs) Well, how are we we gonna do that? But then I got to be with him a little bit, and he gave me peace about it. Said that we're in his hands, and not to be concerned. And so that's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. He's he's got us in his hands. (laughs) Why don't we uh, turn to John, chapter twenty? John, John Wayne Crawford. (laughs) This is the resurrection. As we're preparing to read the word and let the word sink into our hearts, what an incredible weekend this is. And how good God is in it all! I. He touches our hearts in so many different ways. I used to, you know, as as an accountant. I figured I could count, and 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 the word says that He's in the grave three three days, three nights, and and I I figure Friday, Saturday, and He's up on Sunday. No, that can't, you know, how how does that work? And I, I I'm not going to re-explain it, but it's. It, it couldn't be with him being prepared and and uh, uh, in the grave uh, uh, on the Sabbath, you know. So they put him into the tomb on the Sabbath, the normal Sabbath. But Passover, which changes every year, uh, has a high Sabbath day attached to it. It's the uh, the um, the Passover is. Um, Decided by the phases of the moon, and 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 so, as near as we could figure, the the um, the moon depends what year he was he was crucified, you know. So and and we don't have solid evidence of what year that was, but if it was the year I think it was, <laughs> then the high Sabbath would have been the Friday so he would have been put in to the cave on Thursday night and if that's the case then 3 and 3 works look at that <laughs> so there's two sabbaths that year right in that week yeah in that year in that week that you yeah. know so uh and so he was he was put into the tomb on the high the, the high sabbath so Anyway, we can explain that some other time, but I, that, that just ministers to my heart so much that there's a, <laughs> there is a way that makes the, the scriptures true and real and delightful all the time. Yeah. But all that he bought this weekend for us, the plan that he had made, his death was horrible. And and um but he had to endure that so that we could we could benefit from it. He was he was I'm not gonna spend long on this, but I, I wanna I wanna get to John twenty, the resurrection. But just how important it is. He was given 39 lashes because they decided 39, that was standard, because they figured that 40 would kill a man. Like he was that close to death with, with the, the scourging by the stripes that he took. And I, I don't want to be gross and gory because that's the way it would have been for him. But everything that they did to him bought us something. And bought us something for eternity, because by His stripes you were healed, healed. Thank you, Jesus. Now, that word for healed there is sozo, right? And we understand that sozo is used pretty much equally in the New Testament. It's a Greek word. Uh, it, it pretty much equally for saved, healed, and delivered. So sometimes it's used sozo for deliverance, sometimes it's used for healing, and sometimes it's used for redemption. But by his stripes you were sozoed. (laughs) If you haven't been completely healed or delivered or know that you are saved, come and see us. Because you haven't got all that's due to you. All that he paid for. If you, if, if your, if your earthly daddy had bought you a house, you'd want everything that that house had, all right? And you're going to want everything that your heavenly daddy paid for through Jesus. It's so so awesome. So he took that, and he was he was buried, and and that was the greatest celebration that the enemy has ever had he completed <laughs> he completed the greatest victory of his life and and his life had been uh, like many thousands of years i guess i don't you know like as one of the angels a fallen angel but so he figured he'd beaten god at god's own game didn 't recognize that when he met Jesus down in hell <laughs> jesus wasn 't staying <laughs> usually when you go to a residence, they give you a key uh, you know to get in and Jesus wanted the key to to let everybody out <laughs> and he got he got the key to hell and death but then it was this Saturday between Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday They call it Silent Saturday <laughs> Looks like nothing's happening There's nothing in the word About what was happening During that time We know that they The apostles were probably Gathered together Afraid <laughs> Not knowing what to do They had just lost Their Their leader Someone that they loved deeply. Someone that they were following. And they'd lost him. So it was was a, a very heartfelt time for them. And a sorrowful time. Because some of them had actually seen him die on the cross. But Silent Saturday wasn't the end of it. And whatever you're going through right now. The last page has not been written. Good word. You are in a silent Saturday too. God is at work. God is at work to do good things in your life. Are you, are you missing someone? Are you not feeling well? Are you not enough finance? God isn't finished yet. Just because he is silent does not mean that he's not working. Because after Silent Saturday, came Resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah. Oh. Hallelujah. Resurrection Sunday. And what that bought for us. <laughs> oh. So, so amazing. There is one enemy that every single person that ever existed must face. And until Jesus was resurrected, that enemy was always victorious. The enemy was death. Death was final. (laughs) Everyone must die. It's appointed for man wants to die. But Jesus, through his resurrection, the resurrection of a, a human body, Beat death once for all. Not once and for all, like dun-dun-dun, but once for all, (laughs) for all of us. Once for all, he beat death. Death, where is your sting? It no longer has a sting. It no longer has a, a hold on us that we need to fear. Because we know we'll be with him. Well, yes, Lord. Thank you. So powerful. And so wonderful. So, enough of that. Let me, <laughs> let me turn to John 20, verse 1. Now, on the first day of the week. That's Sunday, right? Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Big stone, not able to, to you know, a, a woman could not move it. Anyway, so verse 2. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple. Now, he could have remained anonymous, but Dear John wants us to know who he is. <laughs> the one whom Jesus loved <laughs> and said to them, they have, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. We do not know where they have laid him. Now, Just in that sentence, just, I'm, I'm going to continue on. I'm actually going to read to um, verse 18. But just in that sentence, there's a couple of things that we need to notice. She has called him the Lord. She is acknowledging that this is is God. (laughs) And, And he's in there. And even if he's dead, she's recognizing who he is. But then, just as we're reading it, it sounds like she's by herself. It says, we do not know where they have laid him. We, so what's that about? <laughs> in In other gospels, they make note of other people being there. In uh, Matthew, it says that the other Mary was there um, And that's Mary, the mother of James. It's identified in uh, Luke, known Matt Mark, the Gospel of Mark. It says uh, Mary, the mother of James, was with Mary Magdalene, and um, Salome was there too, according to Mark. So there, there were three women that had gone to, um, with spices to prepare the body. But Mary, in in John's Gospel, he he just is is keeping it clean and just dealing with the Mary that they dealt with, Mary Magdalene. Now Mary, Mary had much to be thankful for and much to to want to serve the Lord for. We know her story, and if you've if you've seen the Chosen, I think it 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 uh, it kind of. Uh, Helps me to understand her life a little better. And, and the significance of her uh, being at the, the, the grave. Because God, God, through Jesus, delivered her from a terrible life. Gave her a new life. Yes. And helped her to be human again. we'll see in this what what Jesus does with her he sends her now she was with him the whole time of his ministry and she is sent by him those are the two criteria for apostleship <laughs> Mary qualified as an apostle. That's a beautiful thing. At this point, there were 11 apostles. <laughs> you can do with that as you wish. I'm not going to stay on that. <laughs> Verse 3 of chapter 20. <laughs> you know, it's a wonderful thing to be able to preach to mature Christians. You know, I don't have to explain everything to you. <laughs> You can pick it up and and you're faithful with it. So I I appreciate that about you. So Peter went out with the other disciple, ever so humble, John. The other disciple. And they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together. But the other disciple outran Peter. (laughs) And he reached the tomb first. And why is that important? I don't know. (laughs) And stopping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus's head, not lying with uh, the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Let's hmm. just—I um, I, want to come back to that in just a minute. But where where they say Jesus was, you know, the best of we can put together now, where Jesus was crucified is, is kind of just outside the Damascus Gate in Jerusalem, which is north. And so it would be kind of northwest from Jerusalem. Uh, and it's outside the city walls, uh, and, and it wouldn't have been far from where the, the Roman soldiers would have been barracked. Um, the tomb uh, the garden tomb um, of, uh, that he was laid in um, is, is not far from where they say he was crucified there. Um, now how far she had to run depends on where they were. If they were still in that upper room all the disciples, the one that Jesus had sent them to, to rent for the Last Supper. Because it was, It's just been a couple days since then. And how beautiful Jesus is. Eh? He invites them in and then washes their feet, knowing full well <laughs> what's going to happen to him. Anyway, he could have been there, and if it was... Then that's kind of on the other side of Jerusalem. Which, which wouldn't have been a terrible long run. And we don't know if the, the rest of the disciples, even, even uh, Peter and John, were, were part way toward the tomb or not. Like it doesn't tell us how far she ran. But if they had to run back to Mary and Martha and Lazarus' house, which is in Bethany... They would have had to go out the east gate of Jerusalem and down into the Kidron Valley and up or around um, the Mount of Olives to Bethany, which is on the other side. Uh, So that would have been quite a bit more of a run. But Mary ran anyway, (laughs) however long it was, whether it was to the, the upper room or to another place. But she knew where the... John and Peter were. And so she ran to them. That's an, I like details. And I, I just, I'm going to have questions. <laughs> that are not filled in for me here. How far did she run Lord? But here, here's another one of those things. You just kind of look at and wonder. The face cloth. Which had been on Jesus head. Now Jesus is the head of the church. And he has been removed from us. Right? And yet he's with us. But the the significance of the cloth being put aside in a place in a, of its own, not with what covered the rest of the body. Huh. I have some theories about that, but that'll be for another day. <laughs> it's just a beautiful picture. That God doesn't 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 miss anything. It doesn't talk about it here where we're going to be reading. But the picture of Mary going into the tomb and there are two angels inside the tomb. We get get this story in another gospel. And they're seated at the head and the feet of where Jesus' body would have been laid. Seated. The mercy seat, which is where God met with mankind and things were transacted together, had an angel on the head and the foot standing with their wings (laughs) outstretched. But it had been completed, so now they can sit. (laughs) Their work had been done. So the angels are seated at the head and the foot. Like, (laughs) that's so beautiful, the picture. Like, it is finished, it's significant. There was no more need for them to be standing at the mercy seat. Okay, so, verse 8. Then the other disciple, he's still nameless to us. Who had, but, but he does it again. Who had reached the tomb first, just in case you were in doubt who it was. Also went in and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Now we don't know what John, who that other disciple was. We don't know whether he he believed that Jesus' body was gone or believed that he had to be raised from the dead. You know, at that point, a little ambiguous there. Then the disciples went back to their homes. Verse 11. But Mary, God bless her, stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept... She stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white. Oh, there. It was in here. So, Seated, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing. But she did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her woman, Why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, which he is. (laughs) Made the Garden of Eden. Beautiful place. She said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him. And I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, "Roboni," which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, if I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God say that I am ascending. Yeah. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples I have seen the Lord and that he had said these things to her. So she was s- sent by the Lord. <laughs> Apostle means sent one. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not I'm not making a a case for her here but what I am going to do is 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 tell you that I think that what Jesus is doing here is emancipating women. He treated women differently than anybody else. Women at the time were were uh, chattels. They were, were something to be owned. They could be bought and sold. They could be their marriages arranged and all of that stuff. And they were second-class citizens. There was no... They had no rights. But Jesus, he always treated women with dignity, always with esteem, and never as a secondary citizen. Hi, Mitch. Never as a secondary citizen, he always treated women well. And I have a theory that, that the church has been fighting with one hand tied behind its back by not releasing women to ministry. One of the most powerful forces that we have is, is women. And if, if a woman could carry God in her womb... Surely she can carry the gospel to other nations. That's not original. That was <laughs> that's what uh, sent. What, what's her name? Anyway, doesn't matter. Yeah, Amy. Some no, not Amy. No, no. That was before that. A hundred years before that. Anyway. Um, <sighs> Jesus treated women well. There is a place for each of us, and we need, we need to honor one another in all of that. Fifty years ago today, a woman was invited to run the Boston Marathon for the very first time. 75 years it had been held and women were not allowed to run because they were seen as too fragile. That the 26 mile run, 26 and a third mile run would, would kill them. But uh, <laughs> that day, nine women signed up. And all nine of them finished. And it changed (laughs) that forever. Mary had to run. She ran to get the, the disciples, John and Peter. And they ran together. Who knows how long it was. It might have been a long way if she had to go to to Bethany to get the guys but she ran trusted with a message trusted by her <laughs> her lord her king with a message and she took it and she was faithful with it I think that's a powerful message for us today to remember we're in this together that no one is to take a back seat. S- scripture has other things to say about, about women and their roles, but, but we can be about the ministry of the gospel, all of us. And he works through all of us with purpose and with meaning. We're not, we don't have second-class citizens. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. We, we, we can remember that. But Jesus, on his, on his most glorious day, didn't meet with the boys. That was set for another day, a little shore lunch, a little fish uh, barbecue on the shore. <laughs> but he met with Mary. Someone who had no value to the world. And he sees her as of having such high value, high esteem, that he picks her out to to bring the most powerful message that the the apostles had ever heard. Jesus is alive. (laughs) I saw him. (laughs) I talked to him. He's alive, and he's just as alive today. What he bought for you that day, once for all, you can have for eternity. You have life with him forever. That's his promise to you. Mac, I wonder if I could get you to do me a favor. Would you go down and tell Amanda that the kids can come up? Can I trust you with that will will you run <laughs> <laughs> Isn't Jesus delightful <laughs> Is't isn't he amazing He had such I mean, he had all eternity to think this thing through and and to plan it and to process it and like it it's not it's not just happenstance you know oh, oh Mary showed up, what am I going to do now it's not one of the boys, you know <laughs> Thank you, Mac. He knew exactly what was going to happen. it was very purposeful we see we see the purpose of 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 the The cloth covering his face and head being placed separately by itself. We see a purpose in the angels being seated and not standing and not not looking like they're they're standing on the mercy seat. We see all of the stuff that he did. and, And there are so many theories coming out of this. Like... One of the ones I like most is they're looking for the ark. They've never found the ark. And where is it? Well, the the mercy seat had to have the blood of the sacrifice sprinkled on it. And if a place that Pastor Christine and I saw in Jerusalem or outside of Jerusalem was the place that underneath it is sandstone, and and some feel that the, the ark is hidden in a cave under there, and that the sandstone would allow the blood dripping from Jesus to fall onto the mercy seat, (laughs) completing what was needed. What a gift. That's beautiful. Why don't we stand together? We're going to pray. I just love the picture of of uh, the, the, the absolute completion of things that you know God doesn't waste a thing. And and if the blood did indeed trickle down and hit the mercy seat <laughs> that that would be just like him. Now we don't know where the ark is. <laughs> Maybe in Ethiopia, they say. <laughs> Who knows? Went back with uh, Queen Sheba. Huh. Um, we just don't know. But, and it doesn't matter to me. It's just that his word is so rich and full that as we look at it, it becomes alive to us every time we read it. And the Easter story is so powerful that I I am I'm swept away every Easter by the majesty of the king that we serve. Wonderful, wonderful Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for what you endured for us. And yet you call it for the joy set before him. That joy is us. (laughs) For the joy set before him, you endured the cross. Thank you for that. And thank you for the incredible work that was done on Silent Saturday. And then, suddenly, on Resurrection Sunday morning, the first day of the week, everything changed. The devil was defeated forever, death was defeated forever. <laughs> And you are the victorious king forever. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you that you don't forget anything and you don't forget anyone. So many are are in their silent Saturdays, Lord, waiting for something to happen. We ask that you you would have a resurrection Sunday morning with them. That suddenly their lives would change and they would see what you've been working on all this time. You are so good and love us so much. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for the kids and for their hard work and what uh, they wanted to present to us this morning. We receive it as a gift from you and from them, Lord. Would you bless them? And for each one that's here, Lord, would you bless them this, this beautiful morning? as we remember the day, the day of days, the day when everything changed. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.